Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. And it's my distinct honor to introduce our lead pastor, Pastor Joe Source. Amen, amen, amen. God is good. God is good. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't you, you can move back to that seat there. There's a seat empty. Okay, I know. I wouldn't want to sit there if I was you. So, again, welcome to all our guests, family members that are here tonight. We do pray that um, if you don't have a home church yet, we hope that you'll enjoy and, 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 and connect tonight here and uh, pray that to see if maybe God would speak to your heart that maybe this is your church for the future. If you have a church, you have your own church, then go back to your church after tonight. Go support your pastor. Amen. He's been praying for you. He's been studying for you. And you go uh, make sure that you stay loyal to him. Amen? Amen. So, for those of you that are joining us tonight, maybe you haven't been here the past couple of weeks, we've been studying the subject of faith. We've done a three-part series this weekend. We're finishing up the third part. And uh, I have to say it's been, it's been a very uh, eye-opening experience. You know, the subject of faith, you can study constantly. And you'll never, ever, ever get to the point where you've exhausted everything because we're constantly, constantly, constantly uh, having to use our faith. Amen? Amen. Now, let me just review real quickly. The reason that faith is important is because, I don't know if you realize this or not, how many realize that life on this planet can be very complicated? Just a few of you. The rest of you are very happy here. (laughs) How many of you realize that life is tough on earth? Just, just a few. Okay. And so God in his mercy and God in his goodness was not going to leave us on this planet on our own, subject to a system on this planet, the world system, that is contrary to our lives. Um, I don't know if anybody's experienced this here or not, but how many have had the experience in life that it seems like no matter how much you try and you try and you try and you try, it seems like you can't get ahead? Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Call the rest of you need to pray for me. <laughs> now, here's the truth of the matter, okay? And I'm just going just gonna to review this very quickly. God created a perfect environment on this earth before sin came into this earth. When God created the Garden of Eden, he created a, a place where mankind could thrive. Everything that, everything that man needed to live and to, and to prosper, he placed in that garden. It was perfect until sin came in this world, until Adam and Eve decided to listen to the voice of the enemy. They allowed sin to come in. With sin came in, physical death, spiritual death, poverty, sickness, disease, depression, every ungodly thing that we experience on earth. It was not God's idea to put that here. Mankind brought that in when we, when we allowed sin to come into this earth. So now let me ask you this question. 
What kind of father would he be if he would have left us on this earth without any help, without any hope, without any chance of overcoming the system that's, that's against us? Okay, so pastor, what are you talking about, the system that's against us? You see, what happens is we're born into this earth in the present condition that it's in. So we don't, we don't have any memory. We don't have any knowledge of what life was supposed to be unless we read it in the scriptures. So we're born into this world, and we think this is the way it's supposed to be. We think it's normal. for You You know, you're born into this earth, and at some point you're going to go get a job, and you're going to work day and night and suffer and sacrifice and still feel like you're unfulfilled and still feel like you can't get ahead. And so, and so then at some point we, we think it's normal that we're going to get sick. We think it's normal that we're going to age, but God never created us to be this way. We're not, so we're never content. We're never content when we suffer. We're never content when we're in poverty. We're never content when things are not fulfilling because on the inside, we know this is not the way life is supposed to be. Just a couple amens. This is not the way life is supposed to be. So what did God give us? He gave us faith the ability to believe him, the ability to believe his promises so that we can overcome the difficulties in this earth. Are you listening to me? We get so excited about things sometimes. For instance, uh, somebody, somebody has the opportunity to buy a house. So we're going to buy a house. And Pastor, I'm so happy. I, I, we bought a house and we bought this house for 200 and whatever. Let's say $275,000. We bought a house, Pastor. We bought a house. Yeah, the trouble is by the time you get done paying for that house, that $275,000 house is now $900,000. Some of you are looking at me like, did he have to remind me of this tonight? <laughs> what I'm trying to show you is that the system of this world is ungodly. And so God gave us an ability to overcome these things. He gave us faith. He gave us faith. And when we operate in faith, we overcome the system of this world. And that's why it's very important for you and I to operate in faith. Why? Otherwise, we're going to experience hell on earth. Now, we're going to heaven, but how many know we're not there yet? We're not there yet. We're still experiencing something. But watch this now. When we operate in faith, we literally can pull the things out of the realm of the supernatural, out of the realm of heaven, and pull them here to this earth. We don't have to wait till we die and take our last breath to experience freedom. We don't have to wait till we die and take our last breath to experience the presence of God. We don't have to wait till we die and take our last breath to experience the love of God. We don't have to wait till we die to take our last breath to experience freedom. So it's important for us to, to learn how faith operates. And we understand that it's God's desire for living faith. I went through this last week, and I want to go through it very quickly. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it ends up here. But the just shall live by his faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written. The, come on, say it with me. The just shall live by faith. That's two times. Number three, Galatians chapter 3. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just, say with me, shall live by faith. One more. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Look how it starts out. Now the what? The just. Come on, come on, say it loud. Now the just shall live 
by faith. That's four times in the scriptures that God states the same exact idea, the same thing, the same desire, that we, his children, we who have placed our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we who have the spirit of God living on the inside of us, would live, how? By faith. By faith. So this weekend, we're going to finish up by seeing that faith is access. Faith gives us access. What does access mean? What does access mean? If you've ever, been, if you've ever purchased tickets to a concert, and all of a sudden, maybe, maybe you meet somebody there that, that's on the inside, somebody that knows the, 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 the band that's playing, knows the musicians, and they'll pull you on the side and say, listen, I can get you backstage passes. What does that do for you? That gives you the ability to have access to something that everybody else doesn't have. Yes or no? So, So faith gives us access. Faith allows us to step into a realm, to step in and take hold of things that is not available to everyone else. Say, well, that doesn't seem like it's fair. Oh, no. It's available to everyone who believes. It's, and, and anybody can believe, right? The most famous scripture in the New Testament, John 3, 16. Can you say it with me? One, two, three. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Watch the next few, next few words. That whosoever believes shall not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. So let me ask you this question. Is salvation and everlasting life available to everyone on earth? Yes. But what do they have to do to take hold of it? Believe. Faith gives us access to things that are not normally available to us. Now, let's look at Romans chapter 5. I'm going to try to speed this up. You're going to have to listen quick, okay? Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified, how? By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also, look at this, look at this, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace, watch this now, in which I what? Stand. My ability to stand in faith, my ability to stand in the grace of God is accessed when I trust him. And when I display faith and when I walk in faith, when I say, God, I I trust you with my life. Jesus, I trust you with my eternity. What does it do? Faith brings grace. Grace allows us to take hold of salvation. Amen? Amen? It's that easy. So the first thing we see in this passage is that faith gives us access to God's grace. And God in his mercy has given us faith in order to overcome, like I said before, the ungodly system of this world. What is grace? Grace and mercy are two words that sometimes we use interchangeably, but the truth is they're very different from each other. What is mercy? Most of us are familiar with mercy because we're always running to God for mercy. Amen? Mercy is not getting the punishment that we deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. So mercy means that we avoid the punishment that we deserve, And grace means that God gives us something much better that we honestly don't deserve. Do you see it? So faith gives us access to that grace. And when Paul's talking about grace, he's talking about the strength of that grace. Now, we are born again by grace through faith. If you are born again tonight, you're sitting here tonight, you're born again. 
You were born again, not because you earned it, not because you deserved it, but because you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You, we are born again by grace through what? Faith. See, you release faith, God releases grace. Are you catching this? Let me just go over this real quickly so we understand how the mechanics of faith operates. You and I have faith inside of us. Yes? Right. Every one of us in this room say, well, I, I don't know. I'm not born again yet. I'm, I don't go to church. Usually I'm just here tonight visiting. That's okay. But watch this now. The Bible tells us that when God created you and when God created me, it tells us that he gave each one the measure of faith. I don't know if it's a teaspoon, if it's a tablespoon. I don't know if it's a quart. I don't know what it is. But the Bible says that he gave every single one of us the same measure of faith. That means that every single person that's alive right now has the ability to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to receive salvation. Now, whether you do it or not is up to you. God never forces any of us to become born again. The word is presented to us, the gospel is presented to us, the message of salvation is presented to us. But because God is love, he gives every single one of us free choice. And the choice is up to you, the choice is up to me. When we make that choice to trust in Jesus, when we make that choice to allow faith to develop in our heart, something breaks forth, it just explodes on the inside, and all of a sudden we go, I believe, I, be I see it now, I believe, I believe. And now the Bible says that when we, when we confess, when we declare with our mouth what we believe in our heart, that we are saved. Amen? Yes. You see how it works. Now, who has the grace? God. Who has the faith? We do. This, this, I'm not trying to trick you. Some people, I don't know what to say. No, God has the grace. You and I have the faith. Now, I want you to see how this works. When we release the faith, he releases grace. Whether it's salvation, whether it's healing, whether it's peace of mind, whether it's provision, whether it's, it's, whether it's freedom from addiction, whether it's a, a marriage that's restored, whether it's a family that's brought back together, every one of those things are a manifestation of the grace of God. Amen. How many of you need the grace of God in your life tonight? Amen. We all do. We all do. And so when we release faith, he releases grace. And that grace gives us access. It is grace that opens up the door to the, to the realm of God so that God can pour out from his kingdom upon your life the things that you need in this life. Amen? Amen. So faith gives us access to power. I don't know about you, but I don't like feeling vulnerable. I don't like feeling powerless. I don't like, who in here likes to feel hopeless? Let me see your hands. Nobody likes to feel hopeless, right? None of us like to feel powerless. Do you like, do you enjoy being in a circumstance where you feel like you have no power over? No, none of us do. Why? Because God didn't create us that way. When God, again, I'll take you right back to the beginning. When God created Adam and Eve, he gave them power. In fact, the Bible says he gave them dominion, 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 okay, which means lordship. You got it? 
So he created you and created me to have power over circumstances in our life. He did not create us to be helpless and hopeless. But faith in God gives us the ability to access his power. Now, I don't know if I even want to ask anybody to raise their hands or to show their hands or whatever it is, but just think about this. Maybe you shouldn't. Don't, don't, nobody show their hands. How many of you, I, want you, I just want you to consider this, how many of you are sick and tired of falling into the same sin over and over and over again? Think about it. Think about it. And I've sat and talked with people. But Pastor, I just I feel powerless over this thing. I feel like it's just, uh, I'm good for a couple of weeks, and then bam, the cycle starts all over again, and then in a couple of weeks, I'm right back in that same sin again. That is frustrating. That is, is, is just depressing, and, and, but yet the Word of God gives us an answer to this situation because by faith, we have access to His power so that we don't have to fall for it every single time. Amen. You want to see it? Just a couple. Okay, you guys stay behind. Everybody else can leave. How many of you want to see in the scriptures that God has promised us that kind of power? All right. Look at this. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. We're talking about having access into the power of God. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly and righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed, purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. I said a lot of fancy words there. Let me go back and show you what I'm talking about. Verse 11 says this. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That's talking about Jesus. He is God's grace to us. But now watch verse 12. This grace teaches us, okay? It teaches us that, that we denying ungodliness and worldly lust, the grace of God that you can access by faith gives you and gives me the ability to take hold of whatever power it needs for me to say no to that ungodliness, for me to say no to that, that sin, for me to say no to that, to that addiction, for me to say no to, to whatever that thing is that's going to drag me down. But if we don't grab it by faith, then we're going to fall every single time. And then we fall, and then we beat ourselves up. Why? Because we fell again. It would be so much better if we could just hold to God's grace, get a hold of it. Why? Because he loves us and he loves you, and he loves me, and he doesn't want us to go into these cycles where we feel guilty. He doesn't want us to go into these cycles where we feel condemned. He doesn't want us to go into these cycles where we do damage to our families. Why? Because he loves you, and he loves me, and yet every one of us know people that are destroying their families. I hope it's nobody in here, but if it is, you have hope. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to continue like this. Somebody should have said amen. amen. Let me read you verse 12 from the Passion Translation of the Bible. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, 
godly lives in this present age. Verse 14 says that he sacrificed himself for us, that he might purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people who are, who, who are his very own, passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. God desires to get us into a position where we can deny everything that's ungodly, that we can deny the stuff that drags us down, that we can say no. We say no. I know I, I know I want this. I know I crave this. I know I'm tempted for this. But no, no, I'm going to turn my back on it because I know what it's going to cost me, what it's going to do to my wife, what it's going to do to my family, what it's going to do to my children, what it's going to do to the generations in the future. And so the grace of God that we have access to by faith, that power, we're able to say no, 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 no. Why? Why? Because of the power of God that comes upon us when we by faith say, no, I'm taking hold of this. I'm taking, Father, by faith, I take hold of your grace that empowers me. There is not a service that I don't pray that prayer right there. Many of you know, I've told you before, every single service I stand there during praise and worship, and my prayer is this. Father, by faith, I take hold of the grace that I need for this service. Why? Because every service we have on the weekend has different people in it. Tonight, right now, there's a unique group of individuals here. We will never all be together in this same room again. The odds are incredibly against that. And so, so what, am I, what am I taking hold of? What power am I taking? What am I grabbing by faith? I'm grabbing hold of the grace that I need to stand up here, to be able to teach and to be able to preach and to be able to encourage this group of people that is here right now. Now, tomorrow morning, I'll be back here at 930. There'll be a whole different group of people here. What do I need? I need to then access by faith the grace of God that he has for that group of people that's coming tomorrow. Now, he knows who's going to be here. He knows, and I'll tell you, the message will probably come out different. Why? Because there'll be a different group of people here. It should be that way. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's very much alive. He knows what you need tonight. He knows that there's many of you tonight here that need to be encouraged. He knows that there's some of you here, you just made it here tonight. You, you had to do everything within you to get here tonight. He knows that. He knows what you're facing. He knows the temptations that come against you. He knows the struggles in your life. And so he's gathered us here together tonight because he loves us and because he wants to equip us. And he wants us to walk by faith and to live by faith and to think with faith and to speak with faith and to conduct our lives every day by faith. Those parents that were here tonight to dedicate their babies, you believe God for the faith. You, you believe God for the wisdom that you need to raise your children. You believe God for the grace that you're going to need. Why? Why? Because they're going to grow up. They're going to face challenges. There's going to be struggles. And I don't know about you as a parent, not only as a parent raising sons, but now as as parents raising raising and, and watching our children raise their grandchildren, your heart, you pray, God, give our children wisdom. Give them understanding. Why? Because every one of them are different. We have four sons, every one of them uniquely different. And you think, okay, well, what worked with this one, is it going to work with the other one? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why? Because they're unique, they're different, they have different talents, different giftings. God's got a different plan for each and every one of them. So if we're not careful, we just go through life, and then, and then when things explode in our face and our children have problems, then we, then we get frustrated at God. 
But if you'll start now when they're young, if you'll start now when they're infants and start to trust God and believe God that every day you're going to have the wisdom. He's going to show you how to pray for them. He'll even show you things that are happening uh, behind the scenes that you would have no way to know about. God will show you what's happening in your children's lives so you can pray for them, not so you can beat them up when they come home. Yeah, I'm going to give you a minute to get a hold of that one. <laughs> Excuse me. So the central activity that you and I should be involved in on a regular basis is faith in God, constant faith in God, constant faith in God. So faith in God gives us access to his grace. Faith in God gives us access to his power. And when the power of God is operating on our lives, it makes a big difference in the way we live, and it makes a big difference in the impact we make on other people's lives. But faith also gives us access to his love. By faith, we step into a love that is impossible for human beings. For the love of God is so so much superior than the love that we have and our own natural selves. And I don't know about you, but if you read the Bible, you'll see over and over again, especially in the, Old, in the New Testament, over and over again, love one another, love one another, love one another. Well, turn around and say, love one another. <laughs> over and over again, over and over again. So, 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 so when, you read in the, when you read in the New Testament, that's enough, okay? <laughs> you guys did good, but you got a little carried away. So, so now watch this now. Why do you think that the Bible has to say over and over and over and over again, love one another? Why? Because it doesn't come natural for us. What comes natural for us? The thing that comes natural for us is, oh, you hurt me? I'm not going to talk to you now for 10 years. We mess up. We sin. We hurt somebody. And they won't forgive us. Somebody hurts you, you won't forgive them. That's the things that come natural for us. What comes natural for us is we want everything for ourselves and none for anybody else. What comes natural for us is selfishness, is putting us first. And that's why over and over again, God has to keep reminding us, love one another, love one another, forgive one another, don't hold any grudges, let it go. Let it go. You know, Frozen wasn't the first one that came out with that song. <laughs> Maybe some of us should listen to our kids when they're singing those songs. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yes, let it go. You have families that don't talk to each other for generations. It shouldn't be this way. Slightest little misunderstanding. If you can get the two people together and ask them what happened, they couldn't even remember what happened. We know. We don't talk to them. And it shouldn't be that way, especially amongst Christians. Why? Because you've been forgiven so much. But you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't know what they did to me. You don't know what somebody did to me. But no matter how terrible it was, it doesn't compare to what the Lord Jesus Christ suffered on the cross so that you could be forgiven and I could be forgiven. 
Ephesians chapter 3, I want to read you this in the Passion Translation. Ephesians 3, 17. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place, listen to this, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and exclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. That's an amazing statement. If there's one thing that we all want, it's to be loved by someone. Whether we want to admit it or not, because you know us guys, we're tough. I don't need nobody. I don't need anybody. I'm good by myself. I don't care if nobody loves me. I don't, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Tough guys. We all crave the love of our parents, our family, our friends. We all crave the love, the boyfriend, the girlfriend. I love you. Mm, I love you so much. <laughs> Husbands and wives. We, we, we need that love. It's just the way we're wired. We've been designed this way because we've been created by God who is love. We are designed to be both recipients of that love and be, and be distributors of that love. That's why after God made Adam, he realized it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable for him. And he made Eve. And we're designed for two primary types of relationships, vertical relationships and horizontal relationships. The vertical relationship is that relationship between us and God. The horizontal relationship is that relationship between us and others. We need loving relationships in both areas to thrive in life. Paul's prayer that we just read in Ephesians is for we as Christians to become completely aware of the love of Christ. It's to be our roots. It's to be our foundation in life, to be firmly implanted, firmly planted in Jesus's love. Why? Because he knows everything in your life is going to fall and fail at some point except for one thing, Jesus' love for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says that love never fails. Other stuff's going to fail. Things are going to fail. In this life, we see failure, but love never fails. That unfailing love, that unfailing hope that's rooted in the love of Jesus Christ. Jesus said himself, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friend. That's in John chapter 15, verse 13. And finally, my final point here, I'm going to wrap this up. Faith gives us access to salvation. There is no other way. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. In other words, even when we were dead in our sins. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
that in the ages to come, we might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Faith gives you access to Christ's love. It's the only way for us to tap into that. And you can experience that depth of love tonight. The access that we have to Christ's love brings us from the outside of God's family to the inside. Brings us from a place of being hopeless to hopeful. Brings us to a place of feeling empty on the inside to feeling filled. Brings us from a place of needing love and desperate for love to being overwhelmed by his love. I want to speak to you from my heart for these next two minutes, and then we're going to pray. I would venture to say in a crowd this size tonight, I would venture to say that most of us in this room have experienced that love of God. We've already declared with our mouth that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we've accepted him into our lives. And we, we already are what the Bible and Jesus calls born again. Now understand this. When sin came into this world, Adam and Eve, in their minds, became separated from God. And God promised that one day, there would be a lamb that would come to this earth. I'm talking about a person, not an animal. And that he, that lamb, would be the lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world. That he would, be, he would willingly allow himself to be sacrificed on that cross. Even as in the Old Testament temple in Jerusalem, where hundreds of thousands of animals over the years were slaughtered and killed and their blood was taken on an altar. But that sacrifice was deficient because it never changed the person's nature. It covered their sins for one year, and then every year they would have to sacrifice again. But all the time, those sacrifices were pointing to one that would come in the future. And one day, he's walking down the road, and John the Baptist sees him, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world. He's pointing to Jesus. You see, you and I need to take advantage of his sacrifice to place our trust and our faith that he paid for your sins and for my sin. And that he reveals himself to us with his love, with his compassion. And he draws our hearts to himself. But the choice is up to each and every one of us. The Bible teaches very clearly that if we will declare with our mouths what we believe in our heart about the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will be saved. We step into everlasting life. See, see, I'm not waiting till I die and take my last breath to step into everlasting life. The Bible teaches us that when we make that declaration, we automatically step into everlasting life. In fact, if you don't step into it here on earth, you don't step into it at all. And so, some of you might be saying, Pastor, I, I, I don't know. And I, 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 my heart is drawn. I, heart, I know I want this. I know I need this. I know 
I want to have security when I go to sleep at night that if, God forbid, I, I don't wake up in the morning, that, that I'll be in the presence of God. I want that security. And God wants us to have that security. So let me, let me, just, let me just make this statement to you. I'm not, I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to do anything like that. I just want you to answer this question on the inside. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that he died on the cross to pay for our sins? And do you believe that God raised him from the dead and that he's alive right now? The Bible tells us that when we believe those things, there is nothing stopping us from receiving everlasting life. You can walk out of this place tonight having full assurance that if you were to take your last breath or God forbid you were to get into an accident or some type of a sickness or disease were to, to end your life, you at that moment would be immediately, instantaneously in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. To live in that realm with him forever and ever and ever. And I want to offer that to you tonight. Would you all stand up, please? Thank you for being so patient tonight. I realize some of you have been sitting in uncomfortable places. I want to pray a prayer. I actually want to lead you in a prayer. And I'm praying that you will answer this prayer and repeat it from your heart. That you will have the opportunity tonight and take hold of it to declare once and for all your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. To declare it for all the angels to hear it, for Jesus himself to hear it, but even more importantly, for the enemy of your soul, the devil, to hear it. To know that you belong to him. Can we say this together? Repeat after me, please. Father, Father I, believe I believe with all my heart, all my heart that, Jesus that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe, I believe that, he that he died on the cross as payment for my sins. For my sins. I, believe I believe that you, Father, that you, Father raised, Jesus from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive right now and he, right and he, hears, my prayer. And he hears my prayer. So I ask you, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for making me a child of God. And for forgiving my sins. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior this night. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God, praise God. Now listen to me. This is an extremely important step that I'm going to ask you to make at this point, please. For those of you who had said that prayer tonight for the very first time, or maybe you prayed that prayer tonight with the intention in your heart to rededicate and recommit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter which one. We don't want you to leave tonight until I put a Bible in your hand. I, I, we have a Bible for every single one of you that prayed that prayer tonight. Please, you need that Bible because it's that Bible that's going to reveal to you this prayer that you prayed tonight. It's that Bible that's going to teach you about this Jesus that you received tonight. 
And we just want to put that in your hands to give you the tools that you need as you step into this new life now in Christ. Would you please give us that honor and that privilege? If you prayed that prayer tonight from your heart for the first time or you prayed as an act of rededication, please. We're going to be outside for a while. We got coffee and all that kind of stuff and cake and everything out there. We're going to celebrate these families tonight. So we'll, we'll be out there waiting for you. But would you please do us this honor? When everyone else is dismissed, please make your way up to the front here. There's going to be people up here. Okay, if you need prayer for anything specifically, we'll pray for you. But more importantly, we want to put the tools in your hands that you need to continue on this journey that we believe you began this night. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for everybody that prayed for the first time tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you all for coming out tonight. Families, thank you for blessing us with your presence tonight. God bless you. You're dismissed. Those of you that prayed, please come up. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.